0: Hey there Swifties. Welcome back for another episode of Secret Session Podcast. These are your hosts, Noel.
1: and Alice, and today we're going to talk about the song Ivy. This is the part one of our Ivy episode, because in the second part we will have a special guest. Yes, our first special guest. Yes.
0: And we will talk more in depth about the song and historical connection to this song we are very excited for you to hear the second part but first let's get down to the lyrics and Ivy as a song so this is the 10th track of Evermore and it was written by Taylor Swift and Aaron Dessner it tells the story of a woman falling in love with another person and we believe it's about another woman but I think we will explain it more in the second part They are in love while her husband, the narrator's husband, is still alive, so this leads to an affair.
1: Alongside other songs of Evermore, like Tolerated and Nobody No Crime, Ivy belongs to the Annapolis Ever After anthology of marriages gone bad that includes infidelity, ambivalent toleration and even murder, the most righteous motive to avenge the fallen. And these are Taylor's words. This is THE quill song, yeah. And when Taylor was describing this category, Taylor said, I don't actually have a quill anymore. I broke it once when I was mad. (laughs) I categorize certain songs of mine in the quill style if some words and phrasings are antiquated. If I was inspired to write it after reading Charlotte Bronte, or after watching a movie where he's wearing poet shirts and corsets. If my lyrics sound like a letter written by Emily Dickinson's great-grandmother while sewing a lace curtain, that's me writing in the quill genre. And then she recited the first verse of this song as an example of this kind of lyrics, so...
0: Yeah, so let's break down these lyrics, these quill lyrics. <laughs> the song starts with the first Verse which is How's one to know I meet you where the spirit meets the bones in a faith forgotten land in front of snow your touch brought forth an incandescent glow tarnished but so grand (laughs) Poetry (laughs) (laughs) Poetry just moves me (laughs) No Okay. The song starts with a question which is an interesting choice She immediately comes in, in a defensive way. The idiom, how was I to know, is used to say that something you did wrong was not your fault because you did not have enough information. This sets the tone of the song, conveying the idea that the narrator wasn't necessarily expecting this illicit affair to happen. It's also interesting that the 10th track of Folklore is Illicit Affairs, and that the 10th track of Evermore is Ivy, which talks about an illicit affair. I mean, we, we know this is right, because every song from Folklore resembles another from Evermore, it's yeah. kind of in a mirror.
1: So, Taylor brings us immediately close to how deep, passionate, and profound the connection between these two lovers is. She borrows a line from the poem by Stanley Miller-Williams. He ended up publishing 37 books of poetry and prose, and he passed away then in 2015. The poem in question is Compassion, and it was published in 1997, and it goes like this.
0: Have compassion for everyone you meet, even if they don't want it. What seems conceit, bad manners or cynicism, is always a sign of things no ears have heard, no eyes have seen. You do not know what words are going on, down there where the spirit meets the bone. The place where the spirit meets the bones is a way of, usually referring to a graveyard, which is mentioned in the lyrics later. Um, The death motif is frequently recurring in the album evermore, even more so than folklore. Um, I've always read this lyric, I meet you where the spirit meets the bones, in the way Williams wrote it. So for me, the place where the spirit meets the bones is a metaphysical place. It's like a secret and sacred place where these lovers go to be together and be themselves together, where their spirits, you know, their souls meet. Like, their bodies also made, if you know what I mean. And it's amazing how many things you can gather from just a few lines. Like, this amazes me so much. Poetry is truly magical.
1: And also this is a direct mention of one of Emily Dickinson's major poetical themes. But we will not say anything else right here, right now, because we will talk more about this literary connection next week.
0: Yeah! Anyway. <laughs> so, so, from the poem, the part where he says what wars are going on, I think it kind of resembles the part in Ivy, which says, so yeah, it's a war, it's a goddamn fight for our life and you started it. It's a story of an affair slash secret love, which is described as a fight to the death, a fight for life. You know, a war between lovers, but also between the lovers and everyone else, like the husband. In this case, we've established that the metaphorical setting is a graveyard. So it's interesting that she says then in a faith forgotten land, because usually the graveyard is a graveyard of a, of a church. No, so it's yeah, it's about faith. So there are many different possible interpretations for this line we could read it as the narrator informing us that it's as if she's forgotten the vow of faithfulness she took when she married her husband since she's in this extramarital relationship it could also mean a very sad thing that i do not want to talk about (laughs) but i will have to mention it later in the analysis so yeah Yeah. see you Mm -hmm. at the end of the lyrics breakdown because i I will break down
1: and then we have in from the snow, okay. Her relationship with her husband is described as cold, at least in my interpretation, Yeah. and this reminds me of the lyrics. I've never been anywhere cold as you, from cold as you, and also yeah. like cold being the place and the person at the same time, you know, Yeah. basically the marriage has lost its fire, but on the other hand, this new affair managed to warm her. Like, if we think about spring breaks loose, it could bring us back here.
0: Yeah, spring, warmth,
1: fire. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the last part of the first verse, which is Your touch brought forth an incandescent glow, tarnished but so grand. And incandescent means full of strong, strong emotion or passionate, but it also means emitting light as a result of being heated. So, this could be a reference to the lover's touch, filling the narrator with strong emotions. And we will find the fire metaphor various times throughout the whole song. When the narrator and her lover are not together, this heat is gone. We also get get this idea from the fact that they're coming in from the snow. And also from the fact that the lover has a freezing hand. We have a few parallels. The first one is from Invisible, with the lyrics There is a fire inside of you that, that can't help but shine through. Then we have from Call What You Want He built a fire just to keep me war. And from Peace, I'm a fire and I'll keep your brittle heart warm. I think the
0: lyrics from Call What You Want are truly special in this case. Like, yeah, that is the real meaning of, I think, this lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then we have... The pre-chorus, which is the first and only pre-chorus, so it's a special one. And the old widow goes to the stone every day, but I don't. I just sit here and wait, grieving for the living. Let's just say, grieving for the living, that's the husband, in my opinion. Yeah. So, in this pre-chorus, we have two women who are in contraposition. First of all, one of them is a widow, so her partner passed away, while the other one is still married. The narrator it's like in some way they want each other's condition the widow wishes her husband was still alive while the narrator sees her husband as an obstacle which is a pretty way of saying she wants him dead she says i just sit here and wait she is waiting for her husband to die or for this new fire to die this new fire being the illicit affair because of external obstacles. The emphasis on the old widow gives us the idea that following the natural course of life you kind of die of old age. So the the widow was able to live out her love life to the fullest because she was married to someone she loved since she's still visiting his grave, while the narrator can not fully live life with their lover She's married to someone who's still alive, and that's what she's grieving. Her lover is alive and well, but she can't be with her.
1: Yeah, there's also... Okay, I tried to elaborate this thought because um, I couldn't in our analysis. But it's like, I like how the old widow... So, the widow is old, because as we said, you usually die of old age. But she is there waiting. She's waiting for death to happen, so for her husband to die, but it seems like very far thing, a thing that's far in the future, so this adds to her pain, because she can't get out of this relationship otherwise, and if we think that this, the setting of this song was like older times, <laughs> I mean, divorce hasn't always been a thing, yeah. and so, yeah, I have I I think from her her perspective, the only way to get out of the relationship, of, of that marriage, was like someone dying.
0: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, we haven't said this, but yeah, we do think this is set in an, in older times. So yeah, it makes sense. Divorce just wasn't a thing. I mean, I think it was a thing, but it was not, like, socially. Accepted, so I don't know if it thing. was
1: a thing. I don't know. I mean, I know here in Italy it wasn't a thing like until no, in the Italy, 70s, yeah. and and we're talking about the 80s something. The 80s, the I wanted to say the um 19th century, <laughs> I said the 80s. <laughs> I don't know,
0: <laughs> um, but well, if so, I'm not mistaken. It was a thing in England, like the beginning of the 20th century, so I oh, guess... let me check. 1923
1: in England. 23, okay.
0: So no, it, it was not a thing, <laughs> okay? No. It was not. I guess okay. it wasn't. We have a parallel, an illegal parallel from right where you left me. Everybody moved on, but I sat and stared.
1: Then we have the course. Oh, goddamn, my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand, taking mine, but it's been promised to another. Oh, I can't stop you putting roots in my dreamland. My house of stone, your ivy grows, and now I'm covered in you. So, of course, we counted the goddamn in ivy. Um, We thought there were more. Only five. Um, five? <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's quite a lot, too. It's a lot,
0: but I just thought it was way more. Like, listen yeah. to it. Like, this. Is... <laughs> she keeps saying, "God damn." <laughs> so... Yeah. I mean, why is she swearing so much? Okay, we know she's like fighting for her life with this lover, but why is she swearing so much? Like, <laughs> can explain this?
1: I'm thinking about the like religious religious side of this. Okay. Like, of course, marriage is like, it, it's a religious thing, I guess. At least guess it, it, is, yeah. it originally was that way. And it's like she's going against that. She's like swearing against that religious thing.
0: Okay, okay. I don't it, know. it makes sense. It does make sense, yeah. So, we have hens. <laughs> oh my god, tears Swift. And her hand obsession, far more concerning than her food fetish.
1: <laughs> no, I like my comment here is that who isn't obsessed with hands? Like, let's be serious. Yeah. Okay. Isn't it like an universal thing? I don't know.
0: It just there were so many parallels with hands in in this case that it's <laughs> after like five yeah, hours, it's I'm hands! Like, how many hands does she? Have? <laughs> But yeah, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful, the the hand image. Yeah. The hand has been promised to another. So this further underlines the fact that the narrator is married. And that the Uh, love that...
1: Actually, at this point... Yeah,
0: we don't really know she's married at this point. We think engaged.
1: Because it's been promised, so it's...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually what you say when you are engaged.
1: Yeah.
0: And we hear... The word husband only like in the second verse, which is yeah. at the end of the song. So yeah, we don't really know she's married yet, but she is. So we we know that the love that's narrated in this song is a clandestine nature. And this is a passive tense, which is, which is actually normal. But in this case, he could have a deeper meaning. She says, it's been promised. As if that was done by another person. In this case, an older version of herself she doesn't recognize anymore. But of course, if we put this in story in older times, her father might have betrothed yeah. her to another man, which is what usually happened.
1: Yeah, which also kind of justifies the illicit affair. Yeah, it does. I won't say just. If, yeah, it does.
0: No, it does. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Really does. <laughs>
1: And these lyrics might also allude to the nervousness and fear that the narrator is feeling. And this is taking away time and serenity from this affair. At least the few moments in which they could have felt calm and serene. Because, in fact, they could be discovered anytime. So, yeah, you know. that's
0: the thing in Ivy the fear, but also yeah. like the insurmountable love they share, it's so clouded yeah. by this fear of being found out, which is different from illicit affairs, which we have analyzed last week. It's different because in illicit affairs, she's afraid he was the lover was one who was afraid of being found out, but the narrator didn't really care. You no, know, she would ruin herself a million times. In Ivy they're being found out what led to their death. A bit more dramatic in that yeah. sense. So I read this thing on Genius and I loved it. So the pain that fits in the lover's hand could also be a physical object like the wedding band she's wearing. It's a tangible object that represents all of her pain and problems. Also it's in the lover's hand I like to imagine that the narrator took it off and maybe gave it to her lover as if they were getting married in secret. I I don't know, I just love that image in my mind. Mm
1: -hmm. Let's talk a bit more about the raising Hand. So in the Evermore album, but in particular in the song Evermore, Taylor uses the cold as a metaphor for depression. So here in Ivy the cold is the depressive and sad state in which the two lovers have to live out their their affair. But also it's what they escape when they are together, you know, like in from the snow in the first verse. The freezing hand is also another allusion to that because yeah. your hand is literally freezing when you're, yeah, dead. you're cold when you're dead. Yeah, you're cold. And we have a couple of parallels. The first one is from Willow. I'm begging for you to take my hand, wreck my plans. That's my man. And the second one is from I Know Places. Take my hand and don't ever drop it.
0: Earlier, I said there were like a thousand parallels with heads, but
1: <laughs> we only found two. No, I think we have more. But like, no, we didn't think. Okay. Parallels. Okay. Yeah. We said yeah. hand mentions, and we okay, have yeah. a lot more.
0: Yeah, but, but in this, this case, these were, were the, the ones one. that truly connected to Ivy because yeah. I just, off the top of my head, like, tremor problems, drop your hand while dancing, that's not really parallel in this case. Yeah, yeah Oh uh, mastermind yeah. and the touch of the hand the
1: fuse of a trauma
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a parallel.
1: <laughs> that works, <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> it works, but not for these lyrics. It it works like as a concept, okay. I guess. Okay. It's yeah, not I a guess, parallel, yeah. in in my mind, as okay, a concept,
0: yeah. yes. Okay, but you know, a lot of it. Um, oh, it, it's a
1: parallel with your touch, breath, forth and incandescent glow. Like, and the touch of your hand lit the fuse. Oh yeah, yeah right, yeah right. <laughs>
0: It is! Okay. did we miss we it? We found another parallel It's Mastermind! Okay. Mastermind! I love mine. that song. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> okay, so, a couple of weeks ago we talked about floriography, aka the language of flowers in Taylor's discography. We had a whole segment on Ivy, so in order to understand better the meaning behind this mention, we urge you to listen to this episode about the language of flowers. It's literally titled The Language of Flowers Todd's version. It's really interesting. We put so much time and research into it, so it's really compelling, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's so, yeah, we're it proud of that episode, so check it out. Yeah. To sum it up quickly, all flowers hold different meanings. And so does Ivy. So the main meanings behind this plant are fidelity, everlasting life, devotion and loyalty. It is also used to treat burns and sunburns, and this will be useful later in the analysis, so keep that in mind. Here in the song, the narrator is being unfaithful to her husband, but at the same time she's being faithful to her true love. So, the more their bond is strengthened, so the more her lover puts roots in the narrator's dreamland, and the more she feels like she can be faithful only to her lover, until she's completely covered in them. So until she's completely into deep in this illicit affair, and I think this is kind of a parallel with um, "Long Story Short." Now I'm all about you. It's kind, of, it's kind of like now I'm covered in you.
1: Yeah. Then we have this second verse. I wish to know the fatal plot that makes you long to be magnificently cursed. He's in the room. Your opal eyes are all I wish to see. He wants what's only yours. The narrator is wondering what makes our lover want her, despite the fact that they could never fully be together. Their relationship is referred to here as (laughs) Magnificent, I I can't say the word, (laughs) Magnificent, Magnificent. as a Magnificent Curse. Because while their affair makes them both feel alive, it is also a curse, since the narrator is married to someone else and that, of course, challenges the growth of of their obvious flesh law. No. The concept of fatal flaw is more commonly found in literature. When we say that a character has a fatal flaw, the implication is that the character is perhaps admirable and successful in other ways, but there is something within their personality that will eventually lead to their downfall. Basically, it implies that the character is heroic and admirable in many other ways, and even that the Fatal flaw itself could perhaps have been admirable within a different situation. For example, in ancient Greek tragedies, the Fatal flaw started as a good trait, but by the end of the play it had turned bad, so the character was cursed by their own personality.
0: So, about the, your oval eyes, Taylor has referenced blue eyes, which is the color of opal, like a thousand times. Most times referring to Joe's eyes. But she also has a personal connection to opal stones. <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, she said that her mom would take her window shopping to distract her from her negative experiences at school.
1: And Where did you start this? with this? is so funny. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so funny. devastating.
0: <laughs> We've <laughs> been talking about uh, Ivy... 19th century quill song and then i i'm about to mention tj maxx like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's funny so uh, about this Taylor said when i was bullied in school my mom used to take me to tj maxx after school to look at the opal jewelry. Jewelry? jewelry 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 okay i thought opals were so beautiful and somehow it made me feel better we never bought them, just looked, so, okay. We have a bunch of parallels, <laughs> like a lot. So from gorgeous, we have ocean blue eyes looking in mine. I feel like I might sink and drown and die. And then from delicate, oh damn, never seen that color blue.
1: From daylight, I don't want to look at anything else now that I saw you. I can never look away. <laughs> uh. From State of Grace, just to Fire signs for blue eyes. And from Tim McGraw, you said the way my blue eyes shined put those Georgia stars to shine that night. i think that's a lie.
0: So, Opal. Opal is a gem formed from silica rich waters. Like, I know what that means. So it takes its name from <laughs> the Sanskrit word... I don't know if it's right. Upala? I don't know if it's the right pronunciation, sorry! Which means precious stone, later it will be called Opalius during Roman times. The opal usually means amplification, hope and purity. It is known for its connection to fable and folklore. He <laughs> awesome. has been a bewitching gem since the Greek and Roman times, but Opal fell out of favor a little later in life when Sir Walter Scott wrote his like in the 18, 1800s, when he wrote his novel Anne of Gerstein, where here's character Lady Hermione is said to have an Opal, which ultimately leads to her demise and death. So after this, the opal was seen as a gem of bad luck. And you might say, this is just a novel, but like Walter Scott was the novelist in this time. So like everyone just, he was the Tyler Swift of his time, okay? <laughs> everyone just knew him of his, in his work, okay? and So after this, the opal was seen as a gem of bad luck and it changed only when Queen Victoria gave her daughters opals for the wedding day and so it slowly went back to being accepted as a lucky gem again I don't know why I've, I said this but I guess in the time this song is set it could be either because the time period it's, it's that so yeah. it's...
1: it could have both of the meanings and it fits well with the like duality of this song it does also from you know, magnificently cursed so, like, yeah. oh, yeah, is of I... course a good word a curse is a bad thing so, um, yeah, it's both of them and throughout yeah, the old songs, we have, like, beautiful, this...
0: but also, like, cursed
1: yeah, we have yeah. this affair being the thing that's saving the narrator but at the same time it's the thing that's killing her yeah. maybe literally but, yeah, oh my god,
0: oh my god, I haven't thought of it, but yeah,
1: it's, it doesn't say I I think it, I will talk a little bit more about this in the uh, outro. I guess, yes,
0: I will. I guess so, yeah, yeah. So, back to the opal. There is a kind of opal that's called fire opal, and it is believed to help us boost our sense of sexuality. And, and like, we talked about this kind of kind of spiritual belief in the flower episode, so I I don't really believe in that kind of thing, but I've been saying it
1: a lot I really don't
0: (laughs) I don't it's it's curious, it's interesting because people did believe this, so it's kind of historical knowledge, like people before they truly understood the science behind it they believed in this stuff yeah and it makes sense in literature and other things. So I think it's interesting to know about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah For me, so. it's interesting in relation to literature. Yeah, exactly. Because me it too. adds yeah. like deeper meanings to whatever it is. Like a novel, a line from a, yeah. po- from a poem, mm-hmm. a lyrics, you know.
0: Exactly. Okay, that's it. That's all I had to say about the
1: we have the um, second chorus that it's it's the same as the first one, but the last line is, and now I'm covered. So we have the omission of the two words in you, and this is interesting because what does it mean? We think she wants to put for the sudden passage of time, which she refers to in the bridge and she suddenly realizes that time is going past them fast and so the probability that they would be found by the husband grows with each passing day. She was so distracted and in love that she forgot about it for a moment and she had to take back charge of herself or, you know, of her fear. It also kind of reminded me of the flannel cure mentioned in Shaping Problems. Okay, I think this needs an an explanation. I think that the the ivy grows on her, on the narrator, and now she's covered, meaning that she is metaphorically warmer. The effect that the lover has on her is the same, so she's like warming her, and it's the same concept of the flannel cure mentioned in Shaping Problems. So it's the lover warming her with this flannel cure we talked about the about the flannel cure which was also something in the victorian age so yeah so it connects back to this song oh my god yeah so i mean i don't know if it makes sense i i hope that the i explained it well enough
0: no, I did. I understood it. But yeah, it, it, both songs are set in kind of like a winter, but not really a winter. So yeah, it's cold, but this love, this fire that they created by loving each other just keeps them warm. And that's the flannel cure and the ivy covering the narrator. Yeah, also because uh,
1: in this case, she's, she was in from the snow, so... No. As we said,
0: real snow, but also metaphorical Yeah, also in Chopin' Problems, November Flush, November Winter. So now we have what I think is the first bridge, even though Genius says it's the third verse. I do not agree with that. So we have clover blooms in the fields, spring breaks loose, the time is near. What would he do if he found us out? Crescent moon, coast is clear, spring breaks loose, but so does fear is gonna burn this house to the ground. So in the language of flowers, clovers represent happiness, but mostly the leaves of the clovers have individual languages for each leaf, like sincerity, hope, and love. Four-leaf clovers, which are very rare in nature, also mean be mine or revenge. And as a whole plant, clovers symbolize promise and think of me. So we could say that the narrator is begging her lover to remember her in case her husband finds out about them, we talked about, more about this in the language of flowers yep. episode. Yeah, basically we did that episode in order to shorten this one.
1: <laughs> <So> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's why there are so many mentions to that episode. So she says, Spr- "Spring breaks loose." I think it's interesting how she worded it. Like, spring is usually it's a time of rebirth, beginnings, it's a positive time in here, yep. but also it breaks loose, it's like a wild animal that's being Unleashed. let out of a cage, you know? So it's, yeah, it's the duality of this song, spring, it's a positive time, the lovers finally can get out of the room, they can go where the snow used to be. and be warm outside like maybe under the sun both in the relationship and in the physical sense but they can't because the time is near the time is nearing when the husband will eventually find out because I mean you can either believe that he will find out by the end of this episode or that he won't but the narrator is so afraid of being found out that she's, she's paranoid and yeah, the time is near, the time of spring and rebirth, but also the time of quote-unquote
1: death. Okay, let's talk about Crescent Moon Coast is Clear. Oh, this lyric could be read in two different ways. The moon could be operating as a symbol of the unconscious mind, since you can't always see it. Here in Ivy, we could say that even if the other person seems to be always stuck in, inside the narrator's head, she can protect her lover and their affair by hiding it away in her thoughts. Uh, but the moon could also symbolize life and death, since the spectrum for living and dying things is a natural cycle, like the moon's phases. And This might suggest that a new love was born out of death, Uh, out of the depth of the narrator's marriage since it's a crescent moon, and you know, the coast is clear
0: Yeah, I think this lyric has so many meanings like, the crescent moon, it means the moon is going to be full
1: Yeah, it's like, I I think it's uh, on some level the same concept of spring
0: Yeah, exactly Like it's the
1: beginning of something that's growing to become something bigger Yeah
0: also, I just thought of it, the coast is clear It's kind of like, we might be free to do what we want in, in the near future Yeah But it's also like, when you're on the beach and there's a full moon You can see clearly the beach, the coast Yeah So, it, I think it's kind of a double setting Yeah I hadn't thought of it until now So, so about the Spring Break Sloughs I read Southern on Genius because I just hadn't thought of this. It could be kind of like a reference to Pandora's box. Um, it's like the chaos that is at let loose when Pandora opens the forbidden box. You know, the chaos being the spring and the forbidden box being the illicit affair here. <clears throat> They're letting out this chaos, this chaotic event. Which will lead eventually to
1: more kills. And you know, once again, there is fear involved Because this whole thing, this whole affair is like, kinda scary Like, it's not scary in itself, Mm -hmm. but the consequences that it could have are are scary
0: Yeah, I mean, she has something good, but she's afraid of him being tarnished, ruined
1: by Everything else, yeah, she could easily lose it.
0: Yeah, she could easily lose it, and that's what scares her the most, I guess.
1: Then we have he's gonna burn this house to the ground. This is the answer to the question, What would it do if he found us out? Um, what's interesting is that the question is in a conditional form, while the answer is not because this could mean that either he found out. He found out on his own or the narrator is so sure that it would go berserk that it's useless to say this sentence in a conditional form which could also justify the you know increase of fear overall. Well,
0: so she's sure that the husband is going to burn that house to the ground and the narrator describes herself as the house you know my house of stone so this could mean that the husband will kill her and once again we have the theme of death and the fact that he's burning the house is also telling because if we said as we said before ivy is used to cure burns so if we want to assume that he didn't kill her the ivy person will be the one who cures her but i I I think think we'll talk more about this at the end i don't
1: know no i won't okay (laughs) okay Uh. No, I I read somewhere that um, people some people also interpreted this um, song as being narrated by this the um ghost of the protagonist. Uh, so you know on me too when where the spirit meets the bones, like um she's dead, she's in the gra- graveyard and also the house of stone is the coffin. <laughs> Did it kill you sing this? No, are you kidding me?
0: I hadn't thought of this. The ghost, really it. the coffin is the house of (laughs) stone. Oh god, and also the lava is dead, because the ivy grows, it's like... The lover is dead, but the the ivy keeps growing on the coffin. Yeah. No. No, I don't want this. Oh my god. It's not true, because we do believe this is about Emily Dickinson and Sue Gilbert. (laughs) Sue Gilbert died after Emily Dickinson. This is not true. This is not her ghost, okay? This is not true. Oh, fuck you, I mean, it's,
1: oh my god. it's not even my original idea. Like I, I did think about oh that with the you know, the stone, the coffin. Yeah. Oh god. That was my idea. But I, I've seen people writing that. I too. didn't I did not
0: think of that. I did not think of that. Okay, maybe it's all the coffins like the family yeah. family plot thing. A stone? Like No,
1: it's not the grave it's crypt, the... like a crypt. Family yeah cli- crypt. I mean at the coffin I think it's I, I oh don't God. I don't know the word but I mean you know, have you seen old cemeteries? Yeah. The tombs tombstone. Yeah. The tombstone But it's not the tombstone. It's it's not it's the a tombstone. The... It's yeah, called tombstone. It... It's literally a stone on a tomb. I know, but it's. <laughs> I'm not thinking about the the piece of stone where you have born this day, okay. died this day. I'm, I'm thinking about the whole thing where the body literally lays. Grave? It's a grave? <laughs> Is that a word? I mean, yeah! Is it's not simple <laughs> and I missed it. Yeah! Uh, graveyard, it's yeah, a so yard the grave full of graves. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking a gravestone, but it's not what I'm meaning. The graveyard, yeah, yard, so, yeah, the grave. I'm stupid. It was no, easy. you're
0: not stupid. Stop saying you're stupid. Oh,
1: like I knew that. It just I
0: couldn't think of. Of course, you knew that. We just, you know, we as Italian. We thought it's not that simple. It can't be that simple. It is that
1: simple. <laughs> okay. I actually don't even know it anytime. I don't even think about it. Like tomba- my mind just went tomba. blank. It's all Tomba. Yeah, but it's like everything, everything is Tomba. tomba. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um.
0: Yeah. Let's let's go on. We have, I think, the second verse. How's one to know? I'd live and die for moments that we stole, unbegged, and borrowed time. So tell me to run or dare to sit and watch what will become and drink my husband's wine. So she once again uses the opening line of the song, How's One to Know. She wonders how she could have known that this would happen to her, that she'd find herself longing for these moments with her lover, and she would do anything for those moments. We have a parallel from Peace, I die for you in secret. Oh my god, I get dead. <laughs> the lover died, I'm sorry. Still thinking about that? Yeah, I'm still thinking about that, of course, I'm still thinking about that. I just changed everything, okay, so. Um, I really can't help but think of the Cardigan original lyrics when I hear stolen, and yeah, stolen kiss, stolen moment, it could be the same thing, like it's, yeah, and the lovers have to find these moments here and there to be together, so it feels like this time was stolen from others, like the narrator's husband, and the time is also back and bored. I like to imagine the narrator literally imploring her husband to leave her alone or even like begging the universe for more time when you're that desperate you just beg anything, anyone. I
1: also thought oh, about yeah. the soul and stairs in the up there. Oh yeah, right. Also that. So she's giving her lover a kind of ultimatum. Um, She's letting her lover decide if they should run away together or stay, you know, sit in this hellish situation and watch what will become. So it's beginning to look like a fight-or-fight situation in the narrator's eyes. And we understand that they chose to fight uh, because we have the lyrics. So yeah, it's a war. It's, It's the goddamn fight of my life and you started it. So the lover started it. Maybe by seducing the narrator and/or by choosing to stay and fight, we have kind of a lot of parallels. A lot uh, of parallels. Oh don't tell me to
0: run. We have from love story. I'll be waiting. All that's left to do is run.
1: From speak now, don't say yes. Run away now. From all too
0: well, running scared. I was there. I remember it all too well.
1: From run. Run like you run from the law, darling. Let's run, run from it all. So, the law in this case is her lawful husband.
0: Yeah, then again, from run say you'll never let them tear us apart and I'll hold on to you while we run.
1: From I know places, they are the hunters, we are the foxes, and we run. From call it what you want,
0: you don't need to save me, but what you run away with me. I mean. In what you want? She says yes. He says yes. But here, I don't
1: think the lover says yes because they stay and fight. So yep. sad. Okay. Um, from Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, we have Running through the Rose Thorns, I saw the scoreboard and ran for my life. Then again, from
0: Miss Americana, voted most likely to run away with you.
1: And lastly, from Tessa Damn Season, you can run but only so far.
0: Yeah. And that broke me, <laughs> okay? Mm. So then we have a parallel from Tolerated, I Sit and Watch You, for the lyrics, or Dead to Sit and Watch. And there are so many parallels with this song, it's very concerning for my mental health. In the lyric, And Drink My Husband's Wine, it's the first time we hear that the narrator is actually married. It's also one of my favorite images Taylor's that ever described. Little fun fact, I follow on Instagram this amazing artist, her name is Ellie Torres, and her nickname is also Elie Torres. She mainly does Suffolk paintings, and lately she's been painting Taylor Swift lyrics. One of my favorite paintings of hers is the one she did for Ivy, and now it's exactly what I picture every time I hear this lyric, so go check it out. I think I will put the link in the description or on Instagram in our stories, because yeah. it's, it's too good. Like, she's really, really great. Oh my god, she's done so many yeah. wonderful paintings. The other
1: day, I saw on TikTok that Taylor liked her drawing a vigilante shit on TikTok. Oh
0: her yeah, face. She's um, been noticed, yeah. yeah. I that love was, that for her, because yeah. she's great. Yeah, because,
1: yeah, she's a good artist.
0: Okay, then we have again the chorus, and then we have the second bridge, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, okay, I think we, we will talk about this uh, bridge twice. We will give you our personal interpretations, because we think oh, yeah. we have kind of different interpretations. The lyrics, by the way, are, so yeah, it's a fire, it's a goddamn blaze in the dark, and you started it, you started it. So yeah, it's a war, it's a goddamn fight of my life, and you started it, you started it.
0: We have like a progression in the lyrics, which starts, yeah, from my house of stone. Then she says, he's gonna burn this house to the ground. And now she's saying, it's a goddamn blaze in the dark, and he started it. It's like the fire was set, eventually. So it's a blaze in the dark, it's just started, but the, the fire is there. It's, it started, and who started it? I don't know. Who is she talking to? I think she's talking to the lover. But it yeah, could I'll also talk be the it. husband. Yeah, you talk yeah. about this. So, like, a lot of time ago, I thought it was the husband. So, what I wrote in this document is, like, a mini breakdown. Cause, like, mental breakdown. Because I just, I realized this, like, out of the blue, this progression. And I, it just was, it was so concerning that I just wrote, like, in all caps, this. She's on fire, and her lover covers her hole to heal her, but at the same time, it's like they're fighting for their life together in a war, and the fire is set by the husband, and it is a fucking loop. I'm going insane. That's what I wrote. We also have a graveyard in the first verse, so it could have a more tragic meaning behind it. It's like it's set in a graveyard, because the narrator he's visiting her lover's grave. Who is dead because her husband killed them out of jealousy? I'm so confused by this bridge.
1: I don't know, Alice. You go ahead. And talk. Okay, so I I divide the bridge into different okay. parts, which are pretty obvious. The first one starts from so yet yeah, fire. The second one starts from so yet yeah, war. I'm not really sure who she's talking to in the first part. Let's start with the first interpretation, which is the one that. Noel gave you. So just talking to the husband. He's the one who started the fire. And I, I thought about Ryan started the fire. You put it in my head.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't this see is Ryan fire, I was like, okay. The office guys. It's literally all we think about. Thank In the office. So,
1: so um, he actually ended up burning the house to the ground. But we can also have a different interpretation. Uh, So the fire is this relationship, this connects directly back to the first verse, where um, she sings, your touch brought forth an incandescent glow. So it was an incandescent glow, and then it got out of hand, and it became this fire, this blaze in the dark. And it's here, maybe I interpret this, it's a good thing that's happening, so the, you started it. I read this as I'm kinda thankful that you started it. Like, okay, yeah. n- it's not an accusation. Uh In the second part, it's way worse for me because, first of all, it's a it's, war.
0: It, it's like, what is it, gorgeous? You should think about the consequence of you touching my hand in the darkened room. That's it, like, she's glad that this lover touched her hand but she's also saying yeah now we have to deal with the consequences (laughs) like
1: yeah so it's the second part of the bridge for me uh, because it talks about a war it's the fight of my life I don't know I don't really read this as a positive thing which I I know that it's not like the common interpretation so maybe I'm wrong Um, but yeah in this part I'm sure she's talking to the, to the lover, and this to me sounds almost like an accusation. Um, the thing that makes me think about this, this song has a bad ending, when ivy grows on buildings, it can cause structural damage. Okay, I, I read there there are new studies that show how. Ivy can actually protect old buildings from weather damage and pollution, but it's not the common idea associated with it. Like, if you say Ivy, I think it's pretty, but it ruins things. It's, okay. it's like the general idea I get of it. So Ivy embellishes buildings, but secretly it's destroying them. And I think that these are the two aspects of the relationship. So, this, you started it. In the second part, I re- I read this as an accusation, as like, it's your fault. The first time is with like, yeah, but I'm kind of glad you did. This time, no, I'm not. Are so yeah, I read that? this duality yeah. throughout the whole song, as I said.
0: Yes, it's ex- exactly like in Illicit Affairs. It's- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the narrators are both kind of glad that they found this person, but they're also, like, dealing with the consequence of having an illicit affair. And it's two different settings, yes, but it's also the same thing. They have so much to fight for to maintain this relationship. And that's not always, like, doable in a healthy yeah. way. obviously. <laughs> <All this game. laughs> 'Cause there's nothing else about illicit affairs.
1: No. Nope.
0: This is what we think, at least. So yeah, there are so many different endings for this song and I don't know what to pick. I don't want to pick anything, so
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I think I I'm just going with my gut feelings with with the first thing I thought when I first yeah. listened to the song. Like uh, I, well, I, I when I worry. first
0: listened to it, I thought they're fighting for the life, for their love, but it's not that negative. But now I think it's kind of negative, like...
1: like okay, I feel sorry down. for the protagonist this relationship because...
0: is burning down their house, their relationship, the narrator. Yeah. It's not that good, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I feel for the protagonist because she is in a situation that is making her hurt. Because that no. marriage is, of course, not good for her. So no. I'm sorry for her. I I don't know. At first you you're happy because she's trying to escape from this bad situation, so it's good. But I kind of realize that that situation is also destroying her, which is once again a set of earth You can't win. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, you cannot win in this situation. So I think it's a good idea for us to put like um a poll on spotify yep. and on instagram and twitter and yeah everywhere like what do you think is the ending to ivy
1: because then we have like the outro is a reprise of the chorus i guess yeah yeah and it gives him like a positive note so maybe the bad things haven't ha- happened yet like mm. i don't know i don't but know yeah, I, for interpretation this, like,
0: like It's a good thing that, like, we don't have uh, one ending in our mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just shows how amazing a songwriter, Taylor, is. I think she does this on purpose. Like, obviously, she does this on purpose. Like, I think she herself, she changes mind every day. Like, (laughs) while she's writing stuff. So, I think it's good. And it's, yeah, it just shows how amazing... She's
1: good. She's talented. Yeah. Okay. I guess this is it. We this episode, as we said in the beginning, we'll have a part two, so stick around for that. It will be released next week. And we will have a special guest. We're very, very, very excited about that. and yeah. um, we will talk more about the song because there was also always New things to discover. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us
0: as Secret Session Podcast on Instagram and TikTok, but also on Twitter as Secret Session TS. We have coffee, so you can tip us with a coffee if you want to support us without paying us. You can give five stars um, on Spotify, and you can share this episode and other episodes with whomever you want with our people who are obsessed with Ivy and such, And yeah, so thank you so much for listening.
1: Bye. Bye.